Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always, by Hector Flores with Modern Woodmen of America, a fraternal financial organization that can help you plan for your family's future. And of course, you can reach out to Hector. He'd love to sit and chat with you. 940-453-3490. Also, of course, brought to you by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas, Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, though? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 187, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. As we were entertained, I would say, by the Cowboys game. And yes, my voice sounds weird. I, I can hear it myself. But it, uh, it's what it is, friends. I've been sick the last couple of days. I've had a lot of sinus stuff. And just, it has not been fun the last 48 hours or so for me. So my voice is a little different. But we'll push through this. Because we had to do a podcast for you guys. Because we have to talk about what we saw as the Cowboys fall to 11-5 and five with one game remaining. The season finale next week in Philly. But before we get into all that, and a lot of you on Twitter want to talk about, I mean, my God, and I don't blame you. So we'll, we'll get into all that. But of course, Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America, if you have finally reached that point where you are serious about preparing for your future, your family's future, you need to get in touch with Hector Flores. It's a fraternal financial organization. It's non-fee-based. It costs absolutely nothing to meet with him, and it's easy to do. You just give him a call at 940-453-3490. Let him help you and your family. You know, the thing that we've always told you about Hector is he can adapt to whatever it is that you want to do, man. You want to be super, super aggressive right now? He can help you do that. You want to be really conservative right now? He can help you do that. You want to save for the future? He can help you do that. You want to save right now? He can help you do that. It's all about what you want to do with your money, man. And that's why I say give Hector a call, let him create a plan for you, and then all you got to do is follow it. Yeah, and this is the time of year, man. Lots of banks renew CDs in January, and then they lock in again for a period of time. So if you're wanting to access the principal in your CD, there's usually an early withdrawal penalty. This this is above me. I, I'm not the financial guy. Hector is. But Hector can tell you that he talked to a client a couple of days ago that has $20,000 in a bank CD that matures at the end of January. He's 43 years old and he needs to start contributing to his retirement accounts if he's going to retire before 70. He says, I'll more than likely roll over the 20K into mutual funds and potentially get him anywhere from six to 9% depending on his risk tolerance. Those are the types of things 
that Hector Flores can do for you. 940-453-3490, Hector Flores. Also, of course, Robert Greening, our friends, the Green Team, Robert Greening, the attorneys at his office. If you've been hurt in a car accident like I was last year, if you've experienced malpractice, they, they represent clients from all sorts of different things. If you feel you've got a case, if insurance companies are starting to call you, if you're getting hassled, you need to reach out to Robert Greening. It's free. The consultation costs you absolutely nothing. And this is one of those things that they handle this for you so you can focus on getting back to where you're supposed to be. Dude, and the best thing is it doesn't cost you anything to pick up the phone, tell them your situation, and see what they can do for you. And to me, that's the greatest thing. It costs you nothing just to have a consult with them. And then if they take you on as a client, hey, check this out. They don't get paid unless you get paid, which to me is the greatest thing ever. It is. It's fantastic. That's what it is. Again, the consultation is free. And as Jacques just told you, they only get paid if you get compensated. Give them a call, 972-934-8900, 972-934-8900. Call now. It's Robert Greening Offices, Dallas, Texas. It was in Arlington, Texas, where the Dallas Cowboys took the field and the Dallas Cowboys got behind the Dallas Cowboys tried in the second half to fight back, but in the end, it is a 25-22 to 22 loss to Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Dallas now, because of the loss to Arizona, they are 11-5. and five. And when you look through some of the things that happened in the NFL today, a wonky, weird-ass day in the NFL to some degree, but they are behind the Rams, they are behind the Bucks. They are currently still ahead of Arizona in the standings because of a variety of tiebreakers. But they're the four seed now, and what's the word that comes to you? I was going to ask you this because I was thinking about this watching the game. What's the word that came to your mind watching this game? Um, well, watching the game, the word that came to mind was listless. Okay. Um, after the game, the word that comes to mind is whining. Like, they're all sitting up here whining about the refs. Like, yeah, oh, bullshit, stop, man. You played like shit for the first two and a half, three quarters. Then you tried to play like you should have played from the start. And then you didn't get a fumble call at the end. Well, hell, that was your fault, too. You got out coached because mm-hmm. they brought their kicker and their quarterback on the field at the same time. So yeah. I'm not all about the whining, man. You know, I'm never really about the refs did this or the refs did that. To me, that's a built-in excuse for you not saying we played like shit for the first three quarters. Yeah, you did. And, and, and to me, the way that I describe this game, like just watching it, I was like, man, if I had to pick one word to describe this game, I would just say sloppy. Be- that uh, that too would have been a word I would have used because I, I I thought missed throws like like Dak was okay early on but he did miss a couple of throws some of the throws that he was on they dropped they had countless penalties which just screwed them time and time again some of the the coaching mistakes the missed field goal which obviously ended up being a huge deal because they lost by three points it was just one of those things a sloppy ass performance by a team that. They talked about it multiple times on the broadcast. They showed the rundown of all the quarterbacks they had played. No takeaways for the defense today. And I, I, I just was kind of left with the bad taste in my mouth watching this team where I shrugged my shoulders and go, well, I guess they kind of are what they are. Yeah, like, you know, there's different kinds of losses, man. And this, to me, it, I think the word you used right was sloppy because it was a little bit of everybody, man. Uh, the defense uh, did some things early that was pretty good, but, you know, the offense, I think they had four or five penalties. 
four with the offensive line. Dalton Schultz picked up one. You know, that short-circuited a bunch of drives. When Dak wasn't throwing, you know, really poor passes, then dudes were dropping the ball. It was just – it was sloppy, man. It was a lack of focus, a lack of concentration, uh, which to me was very disappointing. One, coming off the win last week, and two – this is clearly the best team you've played in a while. There was a lot riding on it. The, the two seed was there for mm-hmm. the taking. It was there for the taking. Beat the Cardinals at the crib. Beat a bad or an average Philadelphia team next week. The two seed is yours. Two home games. And then, you know, we'll see. And maybe you get lucky. And there's three home games. And now, you took, now you're going to end up with a much more arduous route. To the playoffs and to me it was all uh, it was all disappointing and i'm not uh you know it was uh it's a disappointing performance but maybe as you said uh, they are who we thought they probably were yeah and it's unfortunate and i get the frustration and, and i'll be the first to say it is one of my buddies texted me after the game and he said that's not bad right a three-point loss to the cardinals i said well to me, it's bad because you're no longer the two seed. You're not going to get two home playoff games. And this is going this to me is a team that loses in the divisional round of the play. I will be shocked if they get past the divisional round of the playoffs. Well, I'm going I gotta wait to see who they play, but yeah, they're not going to be the favorite going on the road with whoever they gotta play. And they haven't been that great on the road this year. We know their struggles in the red zone on the road. They've just been, I mean, you look at it, they've been kind of out of sorts for the last several weeks offensively, except against the Giants who suck. And so when I look at this and I say, okay, you played three crappy quarters offensively today. I thought the defense was decent enough. I mean, they made some plays and kept a minute long enough for the offense to try and get going, but only 300 yards of offense. They committed way too many damn penalties. They were 3 of 11 on third downs. And then you look at how many penalties they had. And and it's not even that they had all the penalties. It's when they had the penalties, it felt like. They had 10 penalties for 88 yards. And it, like, even on the first drive, Tyron Smith gets called for a holding. So instead of fourth and two with the chance to go for it, it's third and 14. And your chances of converting that are nil. And And it just absolutely kills the drive. And it just seemed like there was so many opportunities that they just shot themselves in the foot, couldn't get out of their own way. And, and we've seen that a lot this year with this offense. Well, you know, that's that's the play you're talking about um, with Tyron Smith. But, you know, there was uh, Zeke had about a 15, 16-yard run. It seemed to bring him into life a little bit. Dalton Schultz gets holding on that. Let's bring him back. Uh, Dak, I think, runs for a nice first down on third and long. Nope, there's a penalty on Connor Williams. Let's uh, let's bring that back. And so to me, it was uh, it was all those types of things, man. It just kind of short circuited the offense and kept it from, uh, you know, doing what what they needed it to do. And again, it all boils down to a sloppy mistake field, listless performance to me in a game that mattered, which is why I find it so surprising and so disappointing. I thought they were beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked all that stuff about it's a statement game. We're focused. We, you know, it's a game we need to win. Last year they kicked our butt, but Dak wasn't there. It was the first time after the, you know, the Giants game. Blah 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 blah. And then they didn't show up, man. They didn't show up at all. And and again, this is a. I don't know what to make of this. I really don't. But that is my belief. And like you said, let's see who they play. But I, I have no faith in this team. I, I think they may be – they do get that home playoff game. And, I mean, hell, let's see who they play at home. You know, there is a, a possibility where they go on the road to play Philadelphia next week and then turn around the following week and play Philadelphia in back-to-back weeks. Hey, man. Um, 
I'm going to continue to say this because it's true. That wouldn't bother me. When they play good football, they're, they're a, uh, a really, really good team. Their problem is they don't play enough good football consistently on offense and defense. They haven't played, you know, that full, complete game except for last week, and we know that that was an injury field, injury riddle, yeah. uh, you know, Washington team. Yeah, it's, it's – Now, they get credit for it, but still. They get credit for it, but yes – it's interesting, and this is one of the things, like Ed Werder talked about this when we had him on the podcast last week, talking about, yeah, it's great the defense is getting these takeaways, but what happens in the playoffs when you start playing better quarterbacks? And you saw that today with Kyler Murray, who's the best quarterback they've played in a while. No interceptions. And, and look, we can argue all day long if they caused a fumble there at the end of the game. Like you pointed out, the fact was Kingsbury got you to waste your final timeout, and that happened, and you weren't able to challenge it. And, and that's on you. So it, it it's just one of those things where I, I just, I don't know what to take away from this game. I really don't. Other than the fact that this team is just kind of what it is. And I don't have a lot of hopes that they're going to be able to go on the road in the playoffs and, and really make a lot of noise. I don't think so, man. But again, they've shown us what they can do. And so it's that thing about if they show us what they can do, um, you know, I mean, it's like Larry Lacewell used to say this, former uh, director of pro and college scouting for the Cowboys for many years under Jimmy and, you know, Switzer and, and, and Parcells. If he'll hunt as a puppy, then he'll hunt as a dog. So we've seen him hunt. We've seen him have several really good games offensively and defensively. We just haven't seen him put it together against a good team yet. So the capability is there. And frankly, that's what frustrates the hell out of folks. They've seen him be really good and really dominant at various times, just not at the right time and just not mm. consistently enough. Yeah, and we just haven't seen, like you pointed out, man, and I think that that's where I'm at with this, is you go back to what it was earlier in the season, and maybe I feel a little bit differently, but outside of that game against Washington, I think I said New York earlier, I meant Washington, the last game they played before the Cardinals, Outside of that, this offense has really just kind of been ho-hum. And like you said, we haven't seen it all consistently on both sides of the ball since way earlier in the year. And, and, and maybe it shows up. Maybe the playoffs is where it happens, and they'll get a home playoff win in the wild card round, and they get some momentum, and who knows. I just, I, I just don't expect it, and it's disappointing. It's frustrating. I understand it. I was trying to find one of our, our listeners, one of you guys out there listening I think tweeted this. Uh, it, it was Armando. He tweeted. He said, "We're ca we Cowboys fans are mad and frustrated. It's been whatever twenty seven years going on now since the Cowboys last won a Super Bowl." And I understand. I mean, twenty seven years since they last played in an NFC Championship game. I get that. I understand the frustration, and it is frustrating when you see this collective group of talent that has played very well at times. And yet they can't consistently at this point in the season put it together. And it's really unfortunate. I mean, look, if, if they lose, if they beat Philadelphia next week, they're five and one to close the season. That's pretty damn good. And they get 12 wins and you got to say that's pretty damn good. And yet none of us would expect that this is anything more than a one, really a two and done. Cause I, I, I think that they'll win a playoff game. I do. I think they'll win their home playoff game. But outside of that, I, I just, I have no hope. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm surprised. It sucks. I think I'm going a, I'm to a change your verbiage if that's okay. It's not that you don't have hope. You don't have any faith in them. And Now, you know, I always say it's not my job to have hope, faith, or, 
you know, you know, assume that they're going to do well. Optimism. You know, it is what it is. And so I think that's the issue is we know that they're capable of blowing out bad teams, <laughs> of destroying bad teams. Problem is, can they beat the good teams that they're going to see in the playoffs? Can they deal with the good quarterbacks that they're going to see? Can they put together – like, that's why I said, like, when they lost the first game to Tampa Bay, you're like, you know what? You played a good game. You played a pretty – you know, I mean, you just played a good game. You just having to lose. You can live with that, man. And if they had done that today, you'd have been disappointed, but you'd been like – you know, shit, Kyler, Kyler Murray is pretty damn good. I, I see what the Cardinals did. Chandler Jones is really good. Okay. But that ain't what happened. They played sloppy. And there's a difference between the other team shuts you down and then you play sloppy. Yeah. You know, and the Cardinals made some plays. They definitely did. But the Cowboys helped them by playing sloppy. Although, let me throw this in there because I think it's key. When you have as many holding calls as they had today, you get mm-hmm. your ass kicked up front. Yep. That's not sloppy. That's you getting your ass kicked up front. And that's something that I, I think is, you know, let, let's tell you about a couple of our sponsors. And we'll do that because what you just said was something I wanted to expand on. And look, our sponsors, as we talked about in our last podcast, here we go. This is, I guess, technically our third year doing the podcast. It will be later in the year because we started in 2020. We did it all for 21, and now here it is in 2022. Parts of three years. Yes, parts of three years. <laughs> and, and our sponsors are what make this thing happen, man. Like Bruce Biltong. And I know it's funny because he reached out to me, the, the guy that does Bruce, and said that he loves how we talk about it because we do. He said, I've tried some stuff here and there, but you guys do it the best. Like, you seem to get it. And I was like, I get it because I like it. <laughs> no, I told him that. I, I, I said, up, bro. I said, it's I think, good. right. I said, I think for me, it's easy to talk about because I eat it. I really enjoy it. And I like, I'm not bullshitting when we do this. I mean, I, I love the biltong. I think bruised biltong is crazy good. It's like beef jerky. It's a traditional South Amer- African air dried meat. But I do think it's better. I do think it's more savory and more tender. And I truly believe that you will like it too. If you like beef jerky at all, I really think that you'll love biltong. No, I mean, I like to slice biltong. I love it. It's my afternoon snack, man. I throw a couple handfuls in there with some sparkling water. I'm good to go. I love it. Check this out. Now, y'all know I like to work out. I like it because the two-ounce pouches, you know, like 240 calories, 30 grams of protein, no carbs, no sugar, none of that fake stuff. Fits in perfect in, in how I want to eat, and it's uh, it's good and good for you. It doesn't really get any better than that, bro. Yeah, man. I mean, it is... It's insane. It's it's very good. We gave it to a couple of people for Christmas gifts, and they enjoy it highly. I really do think you're going to, if you haven't tried it yet, if you're listening to the podcast and you're like, Biltong, yeah, I hear you guys talk about that. I don't know. I'm telling you, bruisebiltong.com, B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G, bruisebiltong.com, zero sugar, no artificial ingredients, and you get 15% off when you use the code Jam Session, or excuse me, Jam 15 Jam 15 at checkout, 15% off your orders. You're going to love it. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. It's true. <laughs> Bill Tong is badass. Eat it. So there's that. <laughs> also, of course, and, and, and we love these guys, man. Deb and Mike, the, the wife and the husband tandem that own Blue Star Motor Group, specializing in superior quality, Carfax certified, pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. We tell you all the time, if if you're looking for a car or if you're looking to sell your car, you have got to start the process 
by giving Deb a text or a call at 817-881-4066. You need to do yourself the favor, at least start with them, check in, get an idea with them. Be like, hey, here's what I'm looking for, or this is the car I've got to sell this year. What are you guys able to do for me? You have to include them in this process because they will do everything they can to give you the best deal. Dude, Deb just bought a Camaro from somebody this weekend, sent me a picture, said it was a, uh, it was a good deal. And that's, again, what I'm telling you about, man. Again, when the handshakes are done, the documents have signed, been signed, you want to feel like it was a win-win situation. That's how Deb and Mike approach it. That's why their business thrives, and uh, that's why they'll continue to thrive, man. Indeed, they will. So, again, maybe this is the year you're buying a car. Maybe you finally have decided to sell one. You need to talk with them. Keep in mind, a lot of the times, especially if you're selling a car, they will be able to offer you more cash than a dealer because they have such low overhead, they will come to you, wherever you happen to be, they will come to you and buy your vehicle and pay cash on site for your car. You're like, what? How? I'm telling you, give Deb a call. 817-881-4066. 817-881-4066 or online at bluestarmotorgroup.com. So you mentioned the offensive line. And when you have that many holding calls, it's indicative of the fact that you're getting your ass whipped up front. One of our Twitter listeners, and again, I appreciate how many of you guys have sent us comments of things that you wanted to address here. This is Joseph who tweeted at us, is Dink and Dunk Dak back? And you look at that, Dak was 24-38 today for just 226 yards. That's, That's less than six yards in attempt. Then you look at the run game. Dak was your leading rusher today. He had 20 yards. Zeke had nine for 16. Pollard had three for nine. Collectively, they had 17 for 45. That's 2.6 yards in attempt. And to me, I go back to the offensive line on this. They were getting their ass kicked. And do you know why Dak has to dink and dunk a lot? Because he doesn't have the time for stuff to develop downfield. So he has to check down and take the stuff because he's getting pressured very quickly. This offensive line, and, and we've talked about this, I think, before, People have got to get out of their mind that this is one of the top offensive lines in the NFL because it isn't. No, it's not. It's a uh, it's an aging Tyron Smith who's working through injuries. It's Connor Williams who's just a guy. It's uh, Biotis at center who's just a guy. It's uh, Zach Martin who's still a uh, outstanding player, and it's Lyle Collins who might at this point this season might be uh, average or slightly above average. Um, but none of that says this is a great offensive line. None whatsoever. Like, again, look, Zach Martin's going to be all pro most likely uh, this year, and he's going to walk into the Hall of Fame. But outside of that, even Tyron Smith, you know, he's still one of the best left tackles in the game, but he's not what he was, like not even close. I think that's obvious. And it's unfortunate because the other three positions really to me are just guys. No, they are. I mean, I don't even think it's debatable. So, I mean, I think that's just what it is. If you've been watching it, then, yeah, it is what it is, man. I mean, I never thought we would see a Cowboy team. And, by the way, that was their season low in rush yards today, 45 rushing yards. But they have just – they cannot run the ball when they need to for anything. And that that was always – like, even when they were putting up points and and the defense is getting a million takeaways and all that, I wondered – I thought – can you win in the playoffs if you cannot run the football? Nope. And they can't. They can't run it. Out, man. 
here's what here's what I'm talking about. The Cardinals did not run the ball worth a shit today. But then, four minutes, 42 seconds left in the game. What do they do? They ran it. Doesn't matter how they ran it. Kyler Murray ran a couple times. They ran a couple option plays. They got creative. They figured out how to get it done. Basically, ran it, set it up a couple short third downs, got the first downs, and ran out the last 442 of the game. Yeah. Who thought the Cowboys weren't getting the ball back when they scored to go 25-22? We all did because, yeah. you know, we didn't figure, based on what you'd seen today, you didn't think the Cardinals could run out the clock. But they yeah. Didn't. I would agree, man. I, I, I didn't think that that would happen, and it's – it, it's a thing, and, and you, you go through this and you look at it, but the offensive line is definitely a concern. It, it, it leads to Dak not having a lot of time. They're, they're unable, at least they were today, and we've seen it multiple times this season. They, they can't get stuff to develop down the field. I forget what game it was. Well, it was recently where I don't think they had anything over 20 yards, and it was because they, they didn't have time to get anything open down the field. Yeah, it's a... Um... You know, man, it's you know a lot of it is the way that they're playing because the running game doesn't strike fear in opponents anymore. So he can play it with seven in the box, use that extra defender, do a lot of two deep stuff, a lot of zone stuff to uh, keep the Cowboys off the field. Uh, I mean, keep the Cowboys from going deep. Uh, it's going to be more interesting now how the big plays come because what happened? Michael Gallup, one of the biggest big play guys, uh, out for the year with a torn ACL mm. that he uh, suffered on a touchdown catch, yeah. uh, sensational play he made uh, near the end of the first half. Um, and while Cedric Wilson is good, um, he's not Michael Gallup right now. He offers something different. Um, but, uh, you know, so, you know, these things happen. But they, the inability to run the ball, the inability to get big plays, man, a lot of it stems from the offensive line being inconsistent, beat up, having no rhythm. Yeah, I, I would completely agree with that. And it's, I understand all the frustration. I mean, a lot of you are tweeting right now and, and I welcome it because I'm not going to disagree with anything that all of you are saying. I, I get it. Th this was, and we talked about this not that long ago. This was never about making the playoffs. This isn't a make the playoffs team. This is a win a Super Bowl team. Get to a Super Bowl, win an NFC championship, make a run in the playoffs team. And if they don't do that again, it feels like you wasted yet another year and you just wonder how, how much longer you can continue going with this running back. And maybe Zeke bounces back fully healthy next year and is great again. I don't know. But with this offensive line, and are you going to be able to have this magical defense again next year that takes the ball away the way that they do? And, and we've talked about this many, many times. The Cowboys, for whatever reason, are one of those teams that when they get a year like this, they have never capitalized on it in the last 25, 26, whatever years. No, because, again, they've had these years. Yeah. You know, 07, 14, 16, where they were really, really outstanding teams that you thought had a chance to make it happen. And this team has a chance to make it happen. They just haven't done it. But they got a chance to make it happen. Uh, but those teams disappointed. And this team is uh, headed down Disappointment Boulevard. But, uh, you know, they'll be uh, – you know, this was, this is what will drive me crazy this week. They'll mm. be all salty this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're not on the bandwagon now, stay – if you're jumping ship now, stay off. We don't want you back, blah, blah, blah. And all it is is, well, you know, why y'all mad at the fans when y'all play like crap in a game that you told us was a big deal? Because, again, there's a difference between losing with your A game, which can happen, and losing like they lost today, which was just 
to me just a just a listless performance early, man. I was really yeah. surprised. I thought they would come out guns blazing because the two seed was there. Yeah. It was there, bro. Was there is the key. Was there. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things, man, where it, I, I just look at the numbers and it's they're just so disappointing across the board. I mean, you know, yeah, we saw some great plays. The defense made some good plays. Micah Parsons on that play where he stopped Chase Edmonds going into the end zone. There's very few linebackers that can get out there and make that to where it's not a touchdown. You saw the defense uh, hold them in the red zone a couple of times, which I thought was really nice and, and allowed the offense again, allowed the offense an opportunity to try and get into this thing, but it just, it just wasn't going to happen. And it was weird because they got up 10, nothing on that huge drive that they had and the Cowboys responded. And I thought, oh, okay, all right. And then they held him to a field goal before the end of the half. But man, when Arizona came out of the first uh, in the second half and went down the field and scored that touchdown, I thought, damn, dude. I, I just, at that point, I just didn't, and I get—I don't know. It, to me, it's the offense. It's the offense. No, it's definitely the offense, man. Um, the defense kept them in the game long enough. I mean, if you really think about it, the defense that kept them in the game, and then when they scored to make it 22-19, the defense did what it was supposed to do. It came in, stopped them, got you the ball back. You got the big play to CeeDee Lamb on first down, and, yeah. and you're thinking, oh, hell, here they go. And then Dak fumbles. Now, yeah, it was a terrific play by uh, uh, your dude from the Cardinals, number nine, who was everywhere today. Terrific play by him. But what do we talk about, man? Somebody on the Cardinals made a play. And that, you know, turned out to be a field goal and, and a difference in the game. Yeah, and, you know, that's another – Dak's fumbling is out of control this season. It, 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 and he, he look, quarterbacks, I, I don't think people realize this, a lot of quarterbacks fumble the ball a lot. But it just seems like Dak is fumbling more this year than we've ever seen him fumble before. Well, I don't know. He's, um, I think. What is that, 12 fumbles, I think, now for him? I think four or five guys have more than he does, but that's quite a few. Now, in all honesty, I haven't looked at him, not even casually. Like, you know, the first fumble when Chandler Jones beats Tyron Smith and you get hit from behind, you don't yeah. see it coming. You know, I can't really bitch and moan at you about that one. And even the play today, man, it was a the dude makes a diving punch at the ball from the blind side. I mean, even then, I don't know if I can bitch and moan at you, but the fact that you got however many he's got, 11 to 12, seems to indicate that there's a problem somewhere that needs to be corrected. Yeah, because I guess with those two fumbles, he now has 13 on the season. Kyler Murray came into the game with 13. Justin Fields and Derek Carr both had 12. So, again, like, like I said, I mean, quarterbacks fumble the ball a lot more often than I think people realize. But, I mean, there's 12 players in the NFL, including Patrick Mahomes, that have nine or more fumbles. Well, yeah, you know, a lot of these are strip sack fumbles. Right, yeah. They don't see it coming. Yeah, which, so, which sure. You know, it happens. Um there were other plays. You know, like he missed a lot of throws today. Dak just didn't look good today to me. Uh, he looked average for the most part. Uh, made a couple really nice throws, but he's supposed to make a couple really nice throws. It's, he's making – I think his mechanics are out of whack, and he hadn't figured out how to get them back consistently, much like a pitcher who's going through a, yeah. uh, a bad stretch. You know, you can have a good game here or there, but you can't consistently do what you want to do because you're out of whack. Mm. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. I mean, all the way around, and it's just another one of those things. I don't know. This whole damn thing is just frustrating as hell for everybody, and I know it is. I mean, the Cowboys with the one turnover, no takeaways from the defense. It's actually almost amazing. They only lost by three. When you look at Arizona had the ball for nine more minutes, had 100 more yards of offense, won the turnover battle, won the penalty battle, and still only won by three. And that's the thing, I think, because you saw so many opportunities where if the Cowboys hadn't done this or done that or done this sloppy ass or boneheaded thing, they could have won this football game. But that's what they do. They make these mistakes at inopportune times, and the offense kind of farts on itself. And here it is, a 25-22 loss for an 11-5 and team. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of fans, a lot of you guys on Twitter blaming the officials. And, you know, they played great in the fourth quarter. They played with heart in the fourth quarter. They only had the officials take it away from them. Stop it, man. The game was decided in the first three quarters. <laughs> that's why they were playing behind. That's why they were trying to rally. That's why all that stuff uh, went down. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when you play like they did for the first three quarters, uh, oftentimes the football gods do not reward you. That's very true, man. They don't. And, and again, that play goes back. The refs missed it. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't think it was egregious in real time. I thought he was down. I didn't think he fumbled it. it yeah, I, I, it's only after I saw the replay a couple times, I go, yeah. oh, I think that was a fumble. No, in the first angle they they showed, I was like, oh, his knee's down. And then they showed the side angle. I was like, well, maybe it wasn't. So I, I had no – the refs didn't screw you. No, no, nobody watching that thought that that was an obvious fumble. Again, it goes back to the problem of McCarthy was unprepared, got out coached in the moment, had one timeout left that he could have used, but he had to use it because he sent out his field goal unit and – that wasn't what needed to happen, so they had to call a timeout or whatever it was to get it right. And, hey, props to Cliff Kingsbury because that was a – both Kyler Murray and their kicker were out there, and that was very interesting. Forced the Cowboys to use their timeout, and lo and behold, they didn't have a timeout left to challenge the call. No, it happens, man. It was, uh, it was good on Kingsbury. It's a disappointing loss. Uh, but there's no time for a pity party. They need the dub against Philly, man. So there's no resting nobody. Take your ass up there and win the game. Yeah, take your take your ass up there and win the game is about right and, and see how it plays out. But Cowboys 11 and five after this loss, we got to get to some of your comments on Twitter here on what is essentially the Cowboys postgame podcast. Again, this will probably be shorter. Hopefully on Tuesday, we can do a little bit of a longer one, but I'm trying to, to push through all of this and my voice is already starting to man, hey. my, my throat is my throat is just not up to par right now, but we do need to tell you about a couple more of our fantastic sponsors. Again, as we really appreciate you guys supporting everybody and, and, and making, I mean, I know that a lot of the guys that sponsor us had really good reactions from all of you in 2021, which is awesome. Much like Freeway Tire Shop. And not only did they have good reaction from all of you, they always have good reaction from Jacques because he's always got a car there. With JR and his crew right there north of, of downtown Dallas off 35, it's Freeway Tire Shop that... If you're looking for the mechanic you can trust that will do the work he says and stand behind it at a competitive price and elite customer service, then you found him with Freeway Tire Shop. Dude, the thing about Freeway Tire, man, is it's about trust. And that's a big thing for me because I, I don't know the first thing about fixing cars. I put some oil in there, and that's about it, man. But I trust JR because he's terrific. 
about diagnosing the issue, and then I trust him to use quality parts to fix the daggone car, man. I trust him to give me a fair price, which don't always happen when you go to a mechanic, and then I trust him to guarantee his work, dog. I mean, that all sounds pretty simple, but we all know a lot of mechanics don't do it. Freeway Tire does. JR is the best, and uh, that's why I take my cars to him. You should too, man. He will take care of you. It is Freeway Tire Shop. You can request your appointment or request your appointment, schedule your appointment, request your quote online at freewaytireshop.com. So as we continue here, it's, I wanted to go through some of the comments on Twitter because I get all the frustration. Like H Deuce on Twitter says, the analytics on the presumed head coach in waiting, Kellen Moore, are deceiving. Look at the latest games trend. This does not look like the number one offense in the league. The numbers are deceiving and more will benefit. It isn't the number one offense in the league. I mean, yardage-wise, I think it is. They're probably still up there because of the 56 points against Washington. But look, we all know the reality of what this is over the course of the last several weeks. They haven't been the number one offense in the NFL over the course of the last several weeks. They certainly weren't today barely cracking 300 yards. But it's always interesting, and we kind of talk about this as well with the play calling Sometimes the plays are called and there isn't the execution. And it's easy to say, oh, well, they shouldn't have done this. I will say the one thing that drives me absolutely insane, and we almost saw a pick six on it today, I don't, they are obsessed with the wide receiver screen. <laughs> I mean, if they well, never ran that again, I'd be totally fine. I mean, a lot of teams run it. I saw Cincinnati run it today two or three times with a lot of success. I think their problem is uh, is execution. I think it can be a good play, but uh, their problem is executing it properly because a lot of times they miss the block on it, and it, it results in disaster. Although today, Buda Baker almost ran it, read it perfectly, and should have picked it off and took it to the house. Yeah, he should have, but he didn't. And, and again, it's those types of things, but – you know, you, you can't rip Kellen and then not give him credit for the Cedric Wilson play that they had, for a couple of the rollouts that turned into touchdowns that they had. Uh, even the fourth down play where he put yeah. him in motion. and uh, The Dalton Schultz thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so, right. You have to give him some credit because he's the guy calling those plays as well. It's not just the ones that don't work. And then there's plays that he calls where the opportunity is there and somebody drops a ball wide open or Dak misses the throw. Like the one to Amari Cooper, I think that was a third down where Dak just simply missed the throw and, and that was a great play. The one to Tony Pollard where Dak checked it down and hit Tony Pollard wide open over the middle of the field and Tony Pollard dropped it. Well, that's why for the most part, I just never get caught up in, in play calling, man. Uh, because most folks, most folks, if the play works, it was a hell of a play. If the play doesn't work, it was a poor play. It was a dumb play. It was a play that makes no sense. And it's really, you know, it's 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 really more complicated than that. Yeah. Just like I don't normally get caught up in the refs. You know, um, I got my man on Twitter here. Who's <laughs> just, you know, I get it, man. But, you know, this is Joe Mayo. And he's going back and forth. Because I was like, dude, the, the game was lost in the first yeah. three quarters. He's like, I agree, but bad NFL officiating and bad rules should be talked about. A guy clearly fumbled and the correct call wasn't made. Because he did of not clearly fumble. It was that's not a bad. clear. That's so that, nobody clearly thought that was a fumble. And, it, and to me, it wasn't a technicality. The rule is you got to have a timeout to get to challenge the call. And the fact that you didn't have any timeouts and you had to rely on a two minute warning. You know, man, that's the hand you were dealt because of some things you did earlier in the game. It, 
you know, man, a lot of times you just got to own it and say, what did I do to screw it up? How can I make sure this doesn't happen mm-hmm. again? But you got to right. take responsibility for putting yourself in a situation where you had to use a timeout on an extra on a field goal, um, you know, in the third quarter. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you just said. So agree to disagree I mean, with that, dude, I guess. For, you got to quit looking for excuses. I mean, CeeDee Lamb is on Twitter. I mean, in his post-game news conference talking about, I think the refs dictated the game. Like, stop it, bro. They didn't. Y'all didn't play good. And then because you didn't play good, the stuff that the refs missed was exaggerated. If you play good, it's not exaggerated. Yeah. I w- again, you nailed it. So, you know, a lot of you are tweeting in something – along these lines but it kind of wraps up where Calvarado tweeted this is this team a contender roster but a pretender mindset and and maybe it is I mean it's we believe they have a contender roster but again year in and year out they don't contend although they are contending I mean they're going to be in the playoffs they are one if you make the playoffs are you not a contender so I don't know well I mean I think um they're a contender. They're not a. Uh, they're not the top contender, but they're a contender because they have such a talented roster. Uh, that makes them a contender, and you know that on a given week, they could play and beat anybody in the league. Uh, we just haven't seen it often enough. I think uh, my man David Hellman over there at Cowboys.com, you know, said it said it best, and it's something that we've also been talking about. Uh, he said on Twitter, uh, if this was the statement game many Cowboys builds to be, I think the statement is they are a highly talented team, but far too sloppy and undisciplined to win games against the league's best. All their goals are still in front of them, but it was a lousy impression. And I think that's pretty accurate. Yep, it is. He, he it's. I think there's a lot of reality where I, I believe that this team has some good things about it. I believe they are capable of hanging with a lot of the teams that are in the NFL. We saw them play the Tampa Bay Bucks in week one to a last-second field goal. We just saw them play the Cardinals in a close game, but the problem is they lost both of those games. And I have no idea in any given week. It, it's it's much like, oh, where did it go? Larry, WTF is wrong with this team's consistency. They did not look competitive today, and, and they didn't And for three quarters. And, and that's why I say, you know, it's the frustration of we've seen them play good teams well. We've seen them blow out bad teams. But in any given week, I honestly don't know what version of the Cowboys is going to show up. Is it going to be effective Dak who's zipping around and the offense is firing and the defense is taking the ball away? Or is it going to be kind of what we saw today where there just seems to be a malaise and a lack of execution and almost like a lack of urgency? Yeah, that's what uh, urgency may be may be a good word. It's just, dude, they I thought they would really come out, you know, hair on fire, really try to make a statement, really try to show the rest of the league and a team, Arizona team that had been struggling, like, yo, we're going to take this number two seed and y'all don't want to fuck with us in the playoffs. That's really what I thought they were going to do. And instead... We got what we got, man. It's the sloppiness that kills me. Now, maybe if you went back and talked to them in a day or two, they'd be like, it wasn't sloppy because we were listless. We were trying to do too much. I was trying to catch before I ran and, mm-hmm. you know, all this other stuff. But all I know is it, it looked sloppy. It looked listless on offense. 
and uh, they've got to do better. How about this, man? If they can do better. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is who they are. And I kind of think, again, six, a normal NFL season ended today. They're 16 games in. They're 11-5. and five. That's a solid team. I mean, it, it's solid to finish with an 11-5 and five record. And, you know, maybe they get the 12th win next week against Philadelphia, and that's great. But – and there's not a team that really scares you other than Green Bay. I don't think any of us want to go to Green Bay, which you may have to do in the divisional round, and we'll see what happens. But the belief is that you're looking at a wild card win at best – and you regroup and we hear all the excuses again like we have for coming up on three decades. And so I get it. I understand the frustration. You should be frustrated. It's annoying and it's really frustrating to see how many times this team has wasted opportunities that they have earned. And they earned an opportunity to get into the playoffs and have a home playoff game this year. And it just feels like they're going to waste what comes after that. And that sucks. Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I get all the frustration, but, um, you know, let's, uh, this one's over. You can't get it back. Uh, you know, you can listen to Dak talk about, uh, I'm disappointed, but not discouraged. And that's all good. Um, you know, the way it is now, I think it's good that next week games, next week's game against Philadelphia means something. Um, you know, and so I think they'll try to win it as opposed to resting guys. Um, and, you know, try to reestablish themselves going into the playoffs. You'd hate to go in there off of consecutive losses, you know, even if it's yeah. a mentality thing. Yeah, you're going to need – you want to get that win. Get the, get a little bit of momentum just to see how it turns out, and then you find out who you'll play at home the following week in the wild card game. Some of the other – and this is multiple of you, but two of you that have stuck out with this. It's Jackson and then somebody else who tweeted this question kind of centered in, oh, it was Jesus. Jesus says, what can we do about Greg the leg? Is it worth it trying to get another kicker late this late in the season? And then Jackson had also basically said, why will they not call Kai Forbath? You cannot miss any kicks in the postseason. You just can't. Uh, Greg the leg's not going anywhere. He will be the kicker. Should he be the kicker? I don't know, but he's going to be the kicker because him and your special teams coordinator are basically like a package deal, it seems. They're BFFs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's no kicker out on the street <clears throat> who you think is going to be automatic. You know Greg Zerline can hit game winners. We've seen him do it this year. Um, He's got something technical, technically wrong that he does because almost every kick he misses is that way. And, you know, he's missing by a foot. And so it's frustrating, but but you get it. But dude, those I knew I knew when he missed it. <clears throat> I mean, I didn't know how it was going to play out. Mm-hmm. But the way the game was feeling, you figured the three points was going to matter. And here's how I look at it: that's a kick you're supposed to make. Now you know, 54 yards, 56 yards for him. Yeah, it's a crapshoot. Uh, inside 49, oh dog, in a dome, you got to be automatic if you're in the NFL, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. You're, you're human, so maybe you can miss one a year. But, you know, the extra points and, and all that stuff, man, it's uh, – let's just say that there should, be a, there should be a kicker competition that's legit going into camp next year. There's going to have to be something because, again, the few of you that have mentioned this, and, and it's more than just those two, but you're not wrong. You can't miss kick, You can't miss kicks ever, much less in the playoffs. I mean, it's not like Justin Tucker grows on trees, but – 
you know, it'd be nice to have somebody like that, that you didn't wonder every time they trot out there, how accurate they're going to be. Selvin says, why does the offense play more of the game up tempo? It's where Dak looks the best. I'm not going to, there's some intrigue to that. I don't know if you you want to do it all the time. You also got to convert to do that. True. (laughs) You got to be good on third downs. You got to be efficient to play the game like that, man. Yeah, and they were horrible today. Again, 3 of 11 on third down, which doesn't lead to a lot of opportunity to do things like that. And then there were a lot of third and long because they got behind the chains with the uh, with the penalties, man. And that's why I said it was sloppy all the way around. Um, I like what Amari Cooper said, uh, which is basically you can't start slow and then, you know, think you're going to come back every time because it's not true. And then, uh, you know, he, you know, Amari is also good because he's actually a very cerebral dude. And uh, he was like, we just need better communication between everybody, players, receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, coaches, better communication, talking about the things we like and the things we don't like so we can mm-hmm. just go out there and play fast. Now, you could read a whole lot into that, and it's not a negative. It's not a complaint. But when you, talk, when you hear somebody say better communication, talking about the things we like and the things we don't like, that's about the game plan and what's in the game plan and what plays are we calling. And so, you know, uh, this is twice now Mari said a couple things in the last two or three weeks. And, you know, he had three for 18, so he went in a non-factor in the offense even though he scored a touchdown this week. They got to figure that thing out, bro. Yeah, they might want to, and they might want to do it really quick because there's one game left in the regular season. So when you hear about all those things about communicating better and all that, you just wonder – and again, it, 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 like we've said this entire podcast, 16 games into the season, me, you are what you are. And, and is there some magic flip of a switch? Is there something out there that you can do with one regular season game left that you're able to do going into the playoffs where you just go on a magical run? And look, we've seen teams that are like the Cowboys in years past that went on a run and surprised people. And everybody's like, oh my God, I can't believe they won the Super Bowl. You got to get in and they're in. I, I just, the inconsistencies are just so much. But you never know, man. I guess that's the hope. I guess I do still have hope. And I probably yeah, shouldn't. I don't I need to. You have hope, but you don't have faith. That's all. Yeah, I don't. I have zero faith. You're absolutely right. And they've exhausted it as several of the people. Because you put up on Twitter, Jacques, this is why we're getting these these reactions. Because you said, we're about to do the podcast. What do you all want to talk about? And like a bunch of you tweeted in different things including Coleman, who tweeted in Cynthia Freeland's legs today on NFL Network. (laughs) I do not know who that is. I don't either, but I guess they were nice legs. I guess they were. I have no idea. I I, I don't, I never watch NFL Network. And I have it. I just never watch it unless like the combine's on. I don't watch any pregame shows. I like to know, I like to hear analysis afterwards. I don't really care about uh, what you think is going to happen. (laughs) that's fair enough i mean i like if i'm gonna watch one i'll put on the fox pregame but i don't ever really pay attention like i'm i'm like always doing something before i guess i'm kind of like you like i don't mind if i don't see it no like i literally don't watch them like i have no interest in them okay all right well fair enough post game i don't like pregame well, next week, before we get into some of the other things from around the NFL, it is next week, it is the Philadelphia Eagles, and we'll see how they close out the first 17-game schedule in NFL history as the Eagles are fighting and knocked off Washington in Washington today. They won 20-16 to 
So when you look at it now, the Philadelphia Eagles, they still have not clinched a playoff spot, and they will be fighting for everything, man. They've won four in a row. They've been playing better, and they are in a dogfight with San Francisco, New Orleans, and Minnesota. Those are the four teams, two of those four teams, and and Minnesota can eliminate themselves, I believe, tonight. If they lose to the Packers, they are out of the playoffs. But two of those four teams, as we sit here recording this, are going to the playoffs, and right now it is the 49ers and the Eagles that have a leg up. Yeah, it's uh, and you know that's why next week games is important because Eagles need to win. You're gonna get their best shot, and you better match their intensity. Uh, otherwise, you'll be headed into the playoffs with a two-game losing streak. And uh, you know, San Francisco is always interesting. Their quarterback situation is a mess to me because nobody believes in Garoppolo, and he's got that ligament thing now. Uh, but they can always run the ball, and Shanahan can be really creative at times, and so they could be a pain in the butt for somebody, especially with Nick Bosa having 15 sacks bro, this year. Charge me up. Yeah, bro, charge me up. Yeah, that's my phone saying it needs to be charged. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, so as it sits right now, if the Packers win tonight, I believe they clinch everything. Pretty sure that's right, that they would clinch home field advantage throughout the Rams are 12 and 4. They are currently the 2 seed over the Bucks who are 12 and 4. The Cowboys and the Cardinals both 11 and 5 and then the 49ers and the Eagles at 9 and 7 as the Saints are at 8 and 8 and it depends on what happens next week of course. But as it sits right now because only one team gets the bye, it would be the Rams and the Eagles, the Bucks and the Niners and hello, welcome back to AT&T Stadium. The Cowboys would host the Cardinals. And it would be a better Cardinals team than we saw today. You know, because they'd have their left tackle back. They'd have mm-hmm. another one of their pass rushers back. Uh, cornerback missed today. Uh, this was a depleted team that they played today and got their butts kicked by, man. It's uh, disappointing. It is. It's very disappointing. And, and it's highly unfortunate. So uh, we'll see how that movement works. But right now, because of where they're sitting, there's a very, very good chance you know, if the Rams win the division, then the Cardinals are a wild card team. There's a very good chance Dallas will play Arizona in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, good luck with all that, bro. Because Arizona is basically, depending on what happens with the Rams, who have already played their game, and you look at that for next week, if the Rams win and they play the 49ers, they clinch the division, and then that would lock in Arizona in the five seed. And Dallas, they're not locked in to the four seed. But they would need both L.A. and Tampa to lose next week to get out of it. So, it's, it, I mean, there is a really, really good chance Arizona comes here for the wild card game. And I don't think any of us like that prospect. And that, that makes you wonder, maybe it is one and done. And if that happens, what do they do? I don't know that, uh, I don't know that they can do anything. They're not going to fire McCarthy. Right. Um so, you know, it's about trying to put another roster together. But I told y'all before, because of salary cap and everything else, this is going to be the best roster that they have over the next four or five years. Uh, to me. Now, you know, a couple of another great drafts that could all change. But if you look at the guys that they have right on this team right now and then guys who are free agents and guys – because you can't keep everybody because uh, they have one of the worst cap situations in the league right mm-hmm. now. Uh, based on next year, even with the increased salary cap, they're still way over. Uh, they're like fourth most over in the league. Uh, so they got to make some choices and decisions about what to do. 
Uh, and, you know, Stephen Jones is really good at that. So they'll get where they need to be. But they got to make some tough choices in the in the process again, which is why they need to to maximize this season because this is a really talented team. And, you know, nobody's saying, I mean, I'm not saying that you got to win the Super Bowl, you got to do this or that. Just play to your potential, man. And I can live with whatever happens. Uh, but, you know, again, they didn't do that this today, and that's why it's such a disappointing feeling if you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, it is, man. It really, really is. And if if they make the playoffs and don't win a playoff game, I would never be done with the team. Like, part of me just wants to be, like, crazy over the top and be like, I'm done. I'm not done. But, yeah, it, it's it's really, really, really frustrating. It really sucks at this point, having been so long and just wondering if it's ever going to happen again. But you look around the league, man, and how about the AFC where today Cincinnati and Kansas City win at it. Cincinnati knocks off Kansas City, knocks them out of the one seed in the AFC. That now belongs to the Tennessee Titans, who if Tennessee wins next week, would clinch the first round by, they host, or excuse me, they go on the road to the Texans. So I would say it's probably a pretty good, Damn good chance Tennessee is going to have that first round by. Derrick Henry is expected to be back. There's a chance he may play next week. And all of a sudden, you look at the AFC, and how big of a threat is Cincinnati, who with that win today clinched the AFC North, will have a home playoff game. And that's a team that I would imagine not a lot of people would look forward to playing in the playoffs. Dude, I watched uh, most of that game today. Joe Burrow is, whoo, that dude is good, man. And Jamar Chase, wow. And the other two receivers that they got, uh, they're not a team anybody looking forward to playing. <clears throat> and one thing I thought about, and I'm not breaking any news here, okay? This is not a news breaker. It's just that how quickly you can elevate your team if you got that guy at quarterback. Mm -hmm. If you make, like, if Trubisky had been that guy, then the Bears are in a different are in a different realm. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because you never know when you draft a guy whether he's that guy or not. You just don't know. You hope he is. You pray he is. You, you know, anything. Uh, you bring gifts to the gods and hope that he is. <laughs> but you just never know till you put him in there. And then can you do the people that you draft to help him out? Yeah. Are they really who they're supposed to be? Because a lot goes into the quarterback success. And all I'm saying is whatever the whatever the Bengals did <clears throat> by and you know this was controversial at the time should they pass on the left tackle from Oregon or draft Chase cuz right. receivers are what like two guards in the NBA apparently not they come out every year but dude I Chase mean, is a grown ass man yeah it sucks so and, Joe wow. Burrow today 400 keep in mind he threw for over 500 yards last week today 446 yards four touchdowns jamar chase 11 catches 266 three touchdowns the cool thing is in my fantasy championship nick has both of them oh my yeah so i i, I it's i when i saw that early i didn't even i haven't looked at it since i got my ass kicked jamar chase wow. almost set a record for single points in a game in our league He's, he put up 75 fantasy points in our league today. <laughs> he was fantastic. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I don't have a prayer. So Nick has won his sixth title. I am now 3-6 and six all-time in title games. 
really I sucks. How to feel about that. I don't either, man. It's like I can get there. I have rings. I've been there more than anybody else. But I, I you know, it's really unfortunate. I'd rather have nine rings or eight, but I only have three. Three and six <laughs> in league Super Bowls. But anyway, you look around the league like New England put up 50 on Jacksonville. And then, and you were telling me about this. The New York Jets somehow, some way, are up on Tampa Bay. The Jets, man. I mean, they are up on Tampa Bay 24 to 14 at one point in this game. But they forget they have Tom Brady, who apparently does not need Antonio Brown on his team because I I, I don't I don't know how to dis- this is one of the most bizarre things. I've ever seen in my entire life that happened in an NFL game that is just, it, it's, it's stunning. Antonio Brown in the third quarter goes ballistic, takes off his uniform, his pads. He, he strips, he's top, he has no, no top on. He's bare chested, strips off his gloves, everything, runs off the field, dances in the end zone, and basically is like, peace out, throws stuff into the crowd. And after the game, Bruce Arians says, he is no longer a buck, end of story. I mean, this is this is bonkers, dude. Um, yeah, now, you know, the interesting thing is, after the game, you know, um, Tom Brady says he needs help, uh, you know, needs some mental help. Uh, because he's having some issues. Uh, basically, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, man, it's um, that dude's had a lot of bizarre things happen over the last uh, couple of years that makes you wonder if he's all right or if he's just, uh, you know, a wild child. I don't know that we have the answer. A lot of people seem to assume it's a mental health issue. I don't know that it is. Mm-hmm. Brady says that it is or suggests that it is. Um, but here's what I was thinking. And I again, I don't think this is breaking news. I was thinking, as he was, as he was taking his pads off, because I was like, "What the hell is he doing?" Like, wow. Yeah, this is nuts. I w- I was thinking, okay, your NFL career is literally over because no team will ever sign you, and your Hall of Fame deal is a wrap mm-hmm. because you know reporters vote on it, and whether you. You know whether you like me and think a little or too a little too high and mighty about this vote, uh, their vote on it, and they'll never vote a guy like that. I mean, if you thought if they thought T.O. was bad, and made him wait, uh, the, you know they'll 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 never vote Antonio Brown in it. So I was like, in one moment, dude, your NFL career is over, your Hall of Fame uh, hopes are probably done, and you missed out on about a million dollars in pretty. I think he needed eight catches and 55 yards. And one other thing that wasn't all that difficult in the last game and a half to get a million dollars. And it's just like. It's incredible. I mean, he just pissed away everything in just a moment. I mean, mean, Arians, they they asked, like, what happened? He says, I'm not talking about him. He's no longer a part of the Bucs. One source is saying he quit and that Brown did not fly home on the team charter. Stadium security said they thought he was a jumper, like somebody who had jumped onto the field. 
And that apparently as he went through the tunnel, he asked state troopers for a ride to the airport, but they told him no. And he was able to get alternate transportation to the airport, but did not fly back with the team. No, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, there's no way you could fly in a plane with your teammates uh, after you quit on them. Um, you know, it's a very bizarre situation. His deal is a wrap. And, uh, you know, maybe the true story will come out one day, man. Uh, wow, that's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Uh, I think uh, that's what Arian somebody said. Else, somebody, uh, who is it? Uh, Jay Glazer talked to Arians after the game, and Arians said it was about he had asked him to go in the game, and he he wouldn't for whatever reason. Because I looked at he had three catches for 26 yards at the time, so it's mm-hmm. not like he hadn't had a ball thrown his way. Yeah. And Arians asked him again, and then he told him to get out when he didn't go back in. Yeah, and then he just went berserk. And, uh, you know, actually the good thing is with Instagram and Twitter and everything, you know, A.B. will probably get on there and and, and give his version of what happened. I'm sure he will. I would not be surprised. But, yeah, I mean, Tampa, they came back and and beat the Jets in New York and got to 12-4, and and that was kind of, you know, Tennessee thumped Miami, which eliminated the Dolphins from the playoffs. You saw Baltimore – hosting the Rams and this game went right down and the Rams with Matt Stafford how weird is that that Matt Stafford has thrown more pick sixes this year than anybody in the NFL but they were able to because Baltimore's up seven or 16 to six late in this game and the Rams are able to get two touchdowns to end up winning the game 20 to 19 to get to 12 and four and you look at this man and it's it's Cooper Cup again six for 95 and a touchdown and I don't know. I watched some of these other teams, and it just feels like I think Green Bay, I think this is the year they get back to the Super Bowl. I really do. I think Green Bay is going to win the conference. But, man, you you look at, like, Tampa with Tom Brady and the Rams with Matt Stafford, and I it, it feels to me like those are the three best teams in the conference. And for somebody to beat one of those teams before two of those three get to, like, obviously you can't have all three in the NFC title game. But, right. you know, if it's the Rams having to go, with against Green Bay and they lose in the divisional round it, it, it's it's hard with Tom Brady to not think that we may be just going for a rematch in the NFC title game with with Tampa at Green Bay again no I mean I could see that again um you know but I, I don't think there's any great teams so upsets would not surprise me this year because I think some teams are very evenly matched uh especially like you were saying, the top three. I think the Cowboys could pull an upset uh, on a given on a given Sunday if they want to play good football. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm uh, I'm intrigued by all of it, man. I think the playoffs are going to be really interesting because there is no great team. Yeah, there isn't, and I mean, especially again, think about this: if the Cowboys were in the AFC, they'd probably be the one seed. Because in the AFC, no, the, there's they only lost some other games that they were supposed to. Win. That's probably true. But eleven <laughs> and five, that is the one seed in the AFC. There is no team better than that. That's what's so wild is the Cowboys are 11-5 and five and only three teams in the NFL have fewer losses than them. Dude, you know. Because you look at it, 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 the Titans and the Chiefs 11-5, and five, the Bengals, the Bills, and the Patriots all clinch playoff spots. They're 10-6, and six, and it's still it's, it's just like that. In the, so in the NFC and the AFC, the final two playoff spots are up for grabs going into the final weekend, and in both divisions, well – there's five teams that are still alive for the five for the two playoff spots in the AFC and four teams in the NFC, although Minnesota can eliminate themselves today. So sets up for a nice one next week, man, for some of these teams. 
Nah, man, it's going. It, it's fun. It's going to be fun for here on out, bro. It is. I hope it's going to be a lot of fun, but it's tough, man. It, it was tough today. It was a bummer. We're all bummed. It's frustrating, and I get it. And we'll see what happens because they are going to the playoffs. They got one game. It's next week, Philadelphia in Philadelphia. And it's the final noon kick of the year. So be looking forward to that. We'll be able to knock out the podcast a little early next Saturday, January 9th. And then wild card, we'll see. But it looks like the Cardinals. Can you beat the Eagles and the Cardinals and get to the divisional round of the playoffs? Couple of birds, huh? Let's see. God, I hope so, man. If this team does not win a playoff game, that final podcast after the season ends, if they lose in the wild card, <laughs> no matter what you say, no matter what you tweet at us, I will agree with it. Because I'll be lividly pissed at that point. Because Again, because you're just wasting it. You're wasting. And I'm tired of all the waste. I, can, I get it, man. But I think... Um... I don't think we have. I don't think we have to go there. Like the season will play out over the next two or three weeks. We don't have to yeah. assume it's going to be this or that. We can actually wait and see how it plays out. We can Philadelphia next week. Appreciate you guys. Our first podcast of 2022. We'll have another one with Todd Archer joining us coming up. That'll drop on Wednesday, and hopefully, I'll have a little bit more of a better voice by that one. But this is about all I got for tonight. Hey, uh, just. <laughs> Uh, your boy uh, AB, he just dropped a, a, a new single, Pit, not the Palace. <laughs> okay, must have been something he was working on, and said, "Well, nobody's going to be. I'm going not going to be trending this much anymore anytime soon. I might as well put my new single out there." God, you wonder if that's exactly why he did it, dude. He's like, "Whatever, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore, and I've got this thing I've got to do." Don't put it past him, bro. By the way, we need to we have to bring this up because I, I meant to throw this up earlier before we wrap up. John Madden passing away, happening the same week that Dan Reeves, the former Broncos coach and had played with the Cowboys years ago, passes away. The same week that Betty White dies at ninety nine. They say deaths come in threes, bro. That's what they say, and it did. But I, I I couldn't believe the John Madden thing. I have you seen the John Madden documentary? No, because I haven't had time to carve out and look at it. Yeah, I haven't either. I've got it set to record. Yeah. But it's shocking that, uh, you know, it comes out, everybody gives it rave reviews, and then he dies. I know, man. It's almost as if he was like, you know what? I've, I, I saw that, and, and I'm good. And deuces, I'm out. But, man, John Madden, one of the, the wild things where I was talking about this the other day on the radio, you know, there are some people who are older that remember him as a coach. He stopped coaching before I was born. Obviously, I remember him as a broadcaster, but if and it's interesting, if I say Madden, I think people immediately think of the video game. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I think if you say John Madden, you, perhaps you do think of the broadcaster. Mm, depend, I, I think it's, it's clearly, uh, to me, it's clearly how old you are, whether you view him as a, a coach, right. a broadcaster, a video game, or like me, <laughs> all three. I guess so, man. But that was wild, and and I'm looking. I'm going to watch it. I think they're replaying it on NFL Network or Fox on what is this on Tuesday night, and so I've got it yeah. set to record because I really do want to. I've heard it's phenomenal, like it's just awesomely done, and so I wanted to watch that. And the fact that he died three days after it aired is is 
yeah, it's I don't know how to what word to describe that, but that's that was nuts. Nah, bro, it's uh, bizarre. It is, yeah, but that's how the world is, man. Uh, at least he got his roses while he was still here, because obviously he saw a copy of it. Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. All the good things that 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 were. Uh, representative of his life he got to experience and i think that's a uh, that's a blessing it is it is a blessing so with that we will send you and we will talk to you on the next podcast coming out on wednesday and we'll talk about all those things and see if we can get ourselves ready for cowboys eagles part two Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. Also brought to you by Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America. Let him help you secure your family's future. You can give him a call at 940-453-3490. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.